0: Oh my god what am i doing? hi welcome to just thinking out loud my name is Desiree i must say that i have really missed making these videos and i've been swamped with work but i will make these videos whenever i get a chance don't forget to donate at Just Thinking Out Loud TV slash donate to keep these videos coming, and don't forget to follow me on Twitter as well as keep in mind there are a lot of alternative platforms out there. And speaking of alternative platforms, the big topic of the month, even though it really should be the holiday season and the giving spirit is censorship and free speech and the deplatforming of people. So I ended up writing a speech about it that I feel very passionate about, and I'm about to go through that with you. While crypto adventuring in South Africa, an interesting fact was brought up to me by a team member that I met there. Free speech doesn't have its origins in individual freedom of expression, but in the rights of others to hear it. Let's consider a striking example of an individual waiting to be executed their head's about to be chopped off. But the executioner gives them the final words so that possibly they could change the mind of the executioner himself, I'm assuming it's a guy, or of the crowd. In that moment, there is an opportunity for affirmation or questioning to occur based on what is said, if it's novel information that could change the person's mind or if it's information that's already been known and reaffirms the values that are being sanctioned in that moment by that society. Because I'm assuming that this is a criminal, they did something wrong, and everyone can say yes, this was exactly the right decision that needed to be made, or they can say no, which is probably unlikely. But in that moment, there's a chance for that to happen. Let's consider another way to illustrate this. When children are being educated at a young age, the mind wasn't formed through honest analysis. And that honest analysis will never occur if that mind can never correct itself or strengthen its position because it never heard an opposing opinion. And when it comes to problem solving, including the really difficult topics that we have to talk about concerning culture and globalization, apparently some of my favorite topics, if we eliminate those voices, then we can never problem solve properly through proper analysis and problem identification and then the generation of strategies and solutions to solve the problems that we have now free speech is usually expressed within the context of an individual's right to share his or her voice but it can also be framed as the right of others to hear that voice i'm not talking about the united states constitution and its first amendment but i'm talking about the concept of free speech itself that the amendment rests on So we're not used to thinking of free speech as a right from the perspective of the receiver because much of its historical context has been lost. Here are some modern definitions of free speech. Wikipedia defines freedom of speech as a principle that supports the freedom of an individual or a community to articulate their opinions and ideas without fear of retaliation, censorship, or legal sanction. Dictionary.com defines freedom of speech as the right of people to express their opinions publicly without governmental interference subject to the laws against libel, incitement to violence, or rebellion. The Universal Declaration of Human Rights retains a reference to the hearing aspect of free speech in its Article 19 that was established in 1949, which states that everyone has the right to freedom of opinion and expression. This right includes freedom to hold opinions without interference, and to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas through any media and regardless of frontiers. But free speech was first advocated for by Western thinkers such as Thomas Paine in his, I think it's a book, The Age of Reason, and John Stuart Mill in On Liberty, which I think is an essay. These were born out of the Enlightenment periods. And these origins are explored in an article by Geoff Greer, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that name wrong, that was brought to my attention by the team member on the South Africa foray, called Freedom of Speech Isn't About Speech. And he himself was influenced by Christopher Hitchens, thoughts on the topic. So Payne in Age of Reason in 1794 and Mill in 1859 both spoke of the loss to the listener when speech wasn't allowed to be spoken and that they considered this loss to be greater than the loss of the individual who's not being allowed to speak because the listener would not get the chance to exchange their error for truth. Mill even thinks that silencing actually robs the human race and future generations because then their opinions will end up stagnating and we can't have any new advancements. Now, this is not to say that these individuals, Payne and Mill, created the concept of free speech, but they might have been one of the first people to actually articulate them and, and its importance to our society. Jordan Peterson goes into a more ethics-based identification of the primordial origins of free speech, which you might find very fascinating, but I'm not going to go into here. So the modern discourse around free speech, you can correct me if I'm wrong, really frames it as an individual's right expression, and that's true, but it also is and should be framed as important for everyone else in society to establish their boundaries and beliefs and to advance society in a practical way manner. So when we see certain things happening, such as a legacy press desiring support for the free press, but only referring to themselves actually, and the push to remove feedback metrics such as likes or dislikes, YouTube does this with some of their own generated content and Twitter is trying to, Twitter is considering doing it with the likes. We see leaders of influential social media vowing to take an active stance on what content its users are either allowed to see or that is officially recommended by them, favoring safety and civility over freedom of speech. We see individuals such as Keiko in Boston, this was recently and I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, being shadow banned on a Twitter thread, detailing what Patreon did with its selective banning. And of course, popular thinker and YouTuber Carl Benjamin, AKA Sargon of Akkad, was banned recently for saying the N-word, but there was little acknowledgement, in my opinion and others, of context or the selectivity of the banning that was occurring or that it happened outside of the platform's actual and stated domain of concern. Another thing we see is free speech-focused platforms being vilified, such as gab.com, after users are forced out of other arenas, such as Twitter, with nowhere else to go. And then those platforms themselves being banned, left, right, and center. All over the place, just banning, banning, censorship going on, with their domain hosting, hosting itself for the content and payment services that they use to reach their customers or interested parties. We also see a very, very long list of individuals being deplatformed from publishing or financial services such as Tommy Robinson, Lauren Southern, Alex Jones, Robert Spencer, myself. Um, There's someone on Twitter named Nick Monroe, who does a really good job of compiling lists of those affected by this kind of financial censorship and deplatforming. And I think the most illustrative thing is the growing definition of the word the term alt-right to include anyone who thinks beyond the standard narrative held by the mainstream media. These is, This is people on both the left and the right, particularly concerning really volatile topics such as race, gender, and culture, topics that every single person by default is intimately familiar with because everybody has those things and are forced to define themselves through those identities because of the discourse around them. So when we see these things happening, we should recognize that it is not simply about silencing a voice. It's about ensuring that nobody else hears that voice. It's not only that these companies want to establish a family-friendly space. They don't want the ideas to exist. And that's why they overreach beyond their spheres of influence, as in the case with Carl, target of Akkad being kicked off of Patreon for things that he said somewhere else some really long time ago and in the case of not allowing users to find other places to go such as gab.com and letting it be separate from their own even after being kicked off of platforms that they, they didn't want to be kicked off of. They wanted to be there. So these actions belie a desire for power over the speaker, yes, but they also show a desire to have power over the listeners, the potential listeners, to the level of wanting to control the minds of others who might be influenced. And I consider that to be very sinister. The minds of other people do not belong to Susan Wojcicki. I am so sorry for pronouncing that wrong. I don't mean disrespect for that. Mark Zuckerberg, Jacqueline Hart, Visa and MasterCard owners or their employees or their diversity departments. It's not about protection, it's about power, and it's not about the principles of inclusion or condemning immoral behavior of the past, which is a surface argument, because they should be able to reason through why that is important. These things have all been established in society for a long time about why you don't, like why slavery was ended, why The Holocaust was bad. Why genocide based on race or religion or some kind of ethnic identity is bad. That is something that's pretty much accepted by everybody. What is so different today that we can't reason about it? I think that's because we're not seeing the results we want in our societies, but... That's not the topic of this video. What I'm saying is that it's about using control rather than negotiation or persuasion to shape the world in the image that these companies and their leaders desire. It's not dissimilar from the isms and obias that they claim to condemn with their actions, such as Islamophobia, sexism, and racism, which generally lead to the exclusion of people because they do not fit or do not have a right to the liberties given to others based on the mental landscape of the intolerant person. In other words, it's a form of tyranny. They would rather have the solutions to a problem be solved through mandates than through negotiation. Never mind that they still have to live in the society with the people that they have disgruntled, including co workers, friends, and family, even as they all want to try and cut ties. And it's going to have an effect on the mental stability of society. The tactics of censorship are the same as having a fight on the schoolyard playground and calling on the teacher to end it. That's when someone requests a platform or resorting to violence. And that's when someone advocates for punching a Nazi or hitting somebody with a bike lock because they said some horrendous thing that the person didn't think should be said. This is the opposite of developing the skills needed to negotiate in your society. It can cause polarization because people might appear to be more extreme in their opinions when they are forced to defend their right to speak them. It shifts their energy to focus on topics they have to fight to talk about. Even then, not being given enough time to actually debate them. These tactics teach others that negotiation is not the answer. Termination of the source of an opposing idea is that's not good. It's also a warning sign to others of what is appropriate and inappropriate to talk about without ever actually discussing it and coming to a proper conclusion. Bending to that kind of coercion is only going to create more of it and I passionately suggest that we do not do that. This approach to problem solving in a society also prevents critical thinking and necessity for individuation. Individuation is something that the proponents of intersectionality and its related ideologies seem intent on crushing. This is the same source of the reasoning behind silencing offensive speech and concluding that a lack of offense is more valuable than the framework for peaceful negotiation in a society. Speech to be able to generate opposing thoughts is necessary to differentiate mentally from the whole it is okay to think differently from others or to explore and then come back to your starting point At least it used to be okay. Those who fear this explorative process want their ideas to be accepted rather than rationally settled. I was thinking about this and it reminded me of learning some mathematical equation and the teacher doesn't give you the proofs because it would take a really long time to go into. You don't really need to know it because it's been established over and over again. However, This isn't about passing an exam, and it's not about grasping the basics of a subject. It's about the moral decisions that we have developed in our societies and about changing long-held axioms, such as the protection of individual rights over those of changing protected groups. Proofs are absolutely required. If you want to influence legislation, but you would rather muzzle your opponent than debate them, then I don't think you should be talking. I think you should sit down. As many are learning these days, and it's a personal lesson for me, free speech can be suppressed through financial and platform censorship. The element of power when it comes to upholding values that we care about, such as free speech, has to be fully acknowledged. A can be said to have power over B if A has something that B wants. I just learned about this in my talent management class, well, how to define it. If you want to reduce the impact of platform censorship, we have to focus on power first. We must make it so that we as B no longer need or want what A has to offer. Then we don't have to be subject to their capriciousness. I really wanted to use that word. For this, I am a crypto advocate and look to the long-term potential of trustless systems of communication and finance. Financial giants such as PayPal and MasterCard are the silent actors behind many companies deplatforming of users. And that is where the focus should be. But alternative payment platforms won't be created without the thinking that generates them and they won't be supported or maintained or developed to the level of comfort and convenience that we want because of what we're used to if we don't have the necessary mental inclinations that value those things. We should also remember that the roles can reverse because we have the data, the dollars, and the numbers that these platforms want. My content, which people don't want to support, is me defining parts of myself, defining and thinking through my identity as I go through the world and thinking about my values as they play out in the political sphere. I began to question dominant ideas, mostly because I moved from a different background from the one that I am in now. And I gave others the opportunity to hear a different perspective through my own personal confrontation with certain ideas. This is useful information for people to have because they can see the effect of their society through my eyes and through the eyes of others who think like me or don't think like me, but just want to share what they have to say. This gives feedback to people. When we're thinking about why there is suffering in the world or why there is inequality, We create and ponder suggestions about what is working, what is not working, and why. I'm a source of feedback to our society, and you're a source of feedback to me when I give you my feedback. Should I not be able to share my thoughts with people just because it's a difficult conversation? And should other people not be able to think and realign or stay with and stick with their values because it's too difficult to talk about it. I want to talk about difficult topics. I want to confront things in my mind that are uncomfortable because I think they are important. And I am not the only person. Of utmost importance to everyone in today's society is that it's not just about the suppression of the thoughts of the individual who is being silenced. It's also about the suppression of the minds of those who never get to hear their thoughts. It's about putting limitations on people. They are never able to explore and establish their own mental solutions and boundaries or stand on the mountain they created because they still feel the same way about it. No one's mind should be kept in chains and nobody but you are the owner of your thoughts. That's what I wanted to say. Thank you so much for watching. I'm gonna try and keep making videos whenever I can. I really missed making this content and I really missed your feedback. Happy holidays, season's greetings, Merry Christmas and a happy new year. I bought this hat actually, let me go get it. They were all sold out and then this just doesn't fit on my head and the bob is all gone, but I did this. To try and bring some Christmas chair into my video other than my lipstick. Don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to donate at justthinkingoutloud.tv. Please follow me on Twitter and also check out all those alternative platforms. I will have links in the description. You can also read the text version of this video at justthinkingoutloud.tv. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Have a great day and have great holidays.